So good morning, everyone. You can take your seats. It is really a great privilege and honor for us to be here. My wife, Elizabeth, she was doing most of the workshops yesterday, bringing all her skill and expertise to bear. But I bring you greetings all the way from Open Arms, which is your church in South Dublin. Isn't that interesting? So many of you may never visit Ireland. Many of you may never speak to an Irish person about Jesus, but by your investment, you have a sister church in South Dublin. Dublin has a population of 1.6 million, and my son, just 12 months ago, planted a church there on the 10th of March. Um, and Ireland, traditionally, if you have a church of 50 or more, that is considered quite a stable, substantial church. Uh, so when Sean uh, started on day one, we started with a big crowd, of course, about 300 people. Everyone is excited. Uh, but he's averaging right now about 200 people. For Ireland, this is a miracle, God. So thank you for your prayers, your investment, and your heart towards us. Really appreciate it. Thank you also to, to Pastor Sebastian and Eva. Um, you know, he's heads up Ark, he heads up the church. He's a busy, busy guy. And uh, he's influencing churches, not just here in this area, but right across, really across Europe and across the four corners of this earth, we call it. And also to David and Margaret White, thank you for your great hospitality. We're staying with them. They're feeding us and looking after us. Yeah, massages every night. I mean, look, this just goes on and goes on. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. But what I want, I want to talk about is that you saw the introduction, the power of one. You know, we all have heroes in our lives. And I don't know about you, but maybe you grew up and your hero was your dad. Maybe you grew up and, and uh, you know, could have been Batman, Spider-Man, or, or whoever. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at around my room, I've got an office in the church, just like your pastor has downstairs with two desks and other people <laughs> sharing it. But I'm looking at the photographs that I have on my wall and the influencers that there were. And the first guy I picked out was a man called Martin Luther King. And I really look forward to Martin Luther King. I studied his life, see the price that he paid, but he changed the face of America. He really did. And then a co-partner of his, so to speak, was a lady called Rosa Parks, who stood up for justice by sitting down in a bus where whites only were there. And again, she changed America because of uh, the segregation that was going on at that time. Probably a modern uh, hero for, for us, for both myself and Elizabeth, is a guy called Nelson Mandela. He was released from prison in 1990. And before 1990, my, my wife Elizabeth and my son Sean, who was probably only about two years old or younger at that time, went to a demonstration outside the uh, South African embassy in Dublin saying, free Nelson Mandela. That's so interesting. But at his inaugural speech, he used his poem from a lady called Marianne Williamson, who said this, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. 
And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that is so important. And, and by asking and meeting people from the Netherlands, you're very much like the Irish people. Sometimes we, we laid back, we don't express our emotions. You let somebody else move forward. Oh, not me, let somebody else do that, God. But that does not help the next generation. That does not help your neighbor. We are not poor, poor little Christians. We are children of God. We have been given a mission, and the mission is to change our family, our community, the nation of the Netherlands, the continent of Europe, and the entire world. But so by us, thinking and shrinking does not help. In ourselves, we are nothing. We are empty vessels. But in Christ, we can do all things. We have the power and the anointing and the purpose of God upon us. And we've got to know that from the very beginning. So I want to encourage you that God has sent me here this morning to encourage you, to tell you to stand tall, to stand straight, to put your shoulders back, to raise your head and to say, I am a child of God. And as you were going to be singing later on, the song response is, yes, I am. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Give the Lord an applause. Yes, I am. Another hero of mine is my great-great-grandfather, William Booth of the Salvation Army. No, that's not true. Sorry, I better correct one. Right, but he is a hero. <laughs> He's just not the uncle, right? But because of his actions in England, Scotland, and Wales, the, the, the approach of the church and the government to the destitute and the poor changed. It's because of his actions that we now have a social welfare system. It's because of his actions that he brought thousands of people, got them onto ships and got them to Australia, New Zealand, and America, to the new world, as it were, and sent them to, to own farms and to work on farms and to have dignity. And he raised up the poor, and he raised up those who were destitute, and he preached the gospel, and many thousands of people came to know Jesus. And the Salvation Army has two great slogans. The first one is, God and salvation are the remedy for all the ills of mankind. Come on, you've got, you got to know that. I, I, I'm a professional counselor. I believe in therapy. I believe in intervention. But without the touch of Jesus Christ, the heart of man cannot be changed. We have the answer. And sometimes as Christians, we think everyone else has the answer. And we have the answer, and his name is Jesus and without Jesus, there is no hope, there is no eternity, and there is no purpose. We live in a world in the Netherlands is no different than Ireland, I want to tell you. You've got young people walking around, and you'll see it in their eyes, they're dazed. You know, the girls have the makeup, the guys have the skinny jeans, but they're going around and they're lost, they're hopeless, they're suicidal, and they're without purpose. And they're looking for what we have, and what we have is the person of Jesus who changes and transforms the world. People need to hear the great, wonderful, exciting news of the gospel. The second slogan says, go for souls and go for the worst. Go for souls. What is this church, Thousand Hills, about? We're going to see people who are going to get baptized. What is their story? And it's like our story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was hopeless, but now I have hope and purpose in my life. 
Come on. When we come to know Jesus, it is the answers, all of that. And it was really through the study of this man that I stand before you today. Went to Bible college. I was doing a book report on a little book called Minnie Linney Carpenter uh, about the life and times of William Booth and his wife, Catherine. And I realized, reading the book, I said, Lord, I don't really care about my neighbor that much. I mean, I'm nice to them. <laughs> you know, I could pull out their, their, the bin or the rubbish for them. If their car breaks down, I'd give them a lift. I'd be kind. But I really don't care about their eternity. I really don't care. And I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, Lord, would you break my heart for my people? Would you break my heart for my place called Ireland? And that's my prayer for you this morning. That God would break your heart for the people in the Netherlands. That God would break your heart for your family, your neighbor, your colleagues, for people in the marketplace. For those who might have a smile and look well, but they're dead inside. God, would you break my heart? And it's a dangerous prayer. And people say, what will it cost you? It's free, but it'll cost you your life. It will cost you everything. But he will fill you with so much purpose and so much hope that wild horses will not stop you from reaching your people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. These people individually changed their world. My challenge you today is change your world. Change your sphere of influence. When we started, we started with a, a connect group. That's how we started our church. We didn't even know what it was going to be. 1996, the two people doing an Alpha course. And Alpha is, is an important part of, of your church. We didn't know what was happening. But grew from 2 to 4 to 8 to 10 to 30. And now we have quite, quite a substantial church in the context of Ireland. God changes your world. And he will use you we are empty vessels, but he will use an empty vessel who is willing. So be that change agent. Change the world that you live in. So last Sunday was in Ireland with St. Patrick's Day. Now, I know it's not a big celebration here, but in America, the rivers run green. <laughs> right? And other places run black with Guinness, and that's just the reality of life. Right? But, but St. Patrick is, is known as the patron saint of Ireland. Because it was Patrick in about 430, 432, that came to Ireland with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's interesting, when we look back in history, Patrick was a Welshman on the west coast of, 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 of Great Britain. And the Irish people went and took slaves from Great Britain. Now, we have a lot of problems with England, because they came and took our land. But we took them, so hey, look at it, all rounds up. They may beat us at rugby occasionally, but on the... Uh, we, we played them 20 times, we won 11 times, they won 9 times. Just saying. Just, just saying, guys. Just making a point, right? Um, but, but we went to Wales and took people back as slaves. And one of them was a young man at 16 years of age called Patrick and brought him into slavery. He stayed in Ireland for about six years. And then he made his way back, escaped back to, to Great Britain. And he got the call of God. You see, somehow or another, he may have escaped Ireland. But Ireland was in his bones. The call of God was upon him. And he writes in his confessions or in his writings. This is a, a quotation from one of his writings. It said, I am Patrick, a sinner, most unlearned, the least of all the faithful, and utterly despised my many. My father was Calpurnius, a deacon, son of Putius, a 
a priest of the village Barvarian Taboni. He had a country seat nearby, and there I was taken captive. I was then about 16 years of age. I did not know the true God. I was taken into captivity to Ireland with thousands of people, and deservedly so, because we turned away from God. I did not keep his commandments and did not obey a priest who used to remind us of our salvation. And the Lord brought us over us the wrath of his anger and scattered us among many nations, even unto the utmost part of the earth, where now my littleness is placed among strangers. So God called him. God is calling you. I'm serious. God is calling you. See, sometimes we come along and we sit at church and we can forget what the mission is. We can forget why we were birthed. And I know there's many different nationalities in this church. Just like We've got about 30 different nationalities. And sometimes I talk to people who come to our nation and think, I said, you think you came here for a job, don't you? You, you think you came here for, for a better livelihood. You think you came here for a safe place for your children. That's not why you're here. You came to this place because you are his evangelist. You came to this place to tell his people about him. See, this is the gospel. This is the Irish version of the gospel. Will I give it to you? Simple. After all of the degrees, PhDs, master's degree, this is the gospel. He left his place to come to my place, to take my place, to bring me back to his place. Can you understand that? Do you think your neighbor could understand that? Is that too complicated to understand? But what we do is we put all kinds of complications. We speak in the language in a manner that you walk away and thinking, what was all that about? He left his place to come to my place, to take my place, to bring you back to his place. And God has brought you from your place to this place to tell your neighbor, your friends, and your colleagues about him who wants to bring them back to his place. And that is the, that's what this is about. And he has given you gifting, and he has given you passion, and he has given you everything to bring you here for such a time, the Thousand Hills Church. And he's given you a pastor called Sebastian and Pastor Eva. And he's given them a vision and a mission to reach this geographic area and to plant churches in other geographic areas and to see the Netherlands come alight with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is, look over the door when you walk in. That side is Dutch. This side is English, so I'll read this side. What's the purpose? You want people to know God. That's the first beginning. What's baptism about? I came to know Jesus. My life was transformed. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive in Jesus Christ. I want to find freedom. It's about freedom. Christ came that we would be free and those who are free indeed. It is for freedom. It is for liberty. This is what, the, it's not to put a chain on you, it's to take the chain off you. What's the next one say? To discover what your purpose is. Why were you placed here on this earth? Why are you here? 
What's it all about, Jack? Come on, we have purpose. Every single one of us, whether you're a teenager, a young person, or a bit more mature like me. Every one of us have a call of God, a purpose of God, a gifting of God, and he, he sent us on the mission to change the world that we live in. To do what? To make a difference. So this is what it's all about. God has called us and created us and planted us here, right here, right now, to make a difference. And we are change agents. Come on, we are. Your friends, your family, your colleagues are desperate for what you have within. I've heard in Ireland, and I'm sick of listening to it, and people said that the Irish people have rejected the gospel. The people in the Netherlands, the Dutch people have rejected the gospel. They have not heard the gospel how on earth can they reject it? Have they heard religion? Yeah. Almost 2,000 years of it. For 1,500 years. We can bring it to sites in Ireland, right, from 6 AD, um, 5 AD, 7, 8, 9, all the way along. The buildings that were built 1,500 years ago. So we can give you religion. But people have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your friend, your family, your neighbor have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and in the air, do, do, do you see, what, what do you call this stuff that, that you, you spill out here? The fog, the mist. There's a new mist coming upon this church. There's a new wind blowing upon this church. There's a new wind of change that's blowing upon it that's going to bring change. And you've got two choices. This is what you can do. I don't like that change. I don't like the direction of the wind. Would you not blow the wind from the other side? Actually, don't blow wind at all. I don't like wind. Or you can say, Lord, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do to stir the passion, the vision, and the mission of God in our hearts, whatever you need to do to knock those cobwebs off us, whatever you need to do to cause me discomfort, that I will not be satisfied sitting in the chair any longer, but I will want to be totally committed. I will want to be in and behind the vision and driving it forward. I will want to come along and see two and three and four and ten and a hundred and a thousand baptisms. I want to see lives transformed. I want to see my family and my colleagues and my fellow students and the lady on the till and the people driving past me. I want to see them hear the gospel, respond to the gospel, and I want to be part of their story. God has called you. Yeah, come on, give the Lord an applause. God has called us to be change agents. He has not called us just to wait till Jesus comes back. That is not the mission and the call of this church or our church or any church of Jesus Christ. You have great leaders. You've got vision. You've got passion. I want to encourage you, go for it. Hold nothing back. Hold nothing back. And people say to me sometimes, PJ, I'm not qualified. No, you're not. Of course. PJ, I don't deserve this. Well, you never did deserve it. But PJ, I'm not holy enough. Of course you're not. Why do you need a savior? You'll never be good enough. You'll never be ready and you'll never be equipped. So you say, Lord, send me anyway. And what does he do? He equips you in the coming and in the going. It is his work. 
I just say, you know, I, I left school at 15, really bad speech impediment. People ask me, why do I not have this big Irish accent? Because I could hardly speak 14, 15, 16 years of age. Left school, no education. Came to know the Lord at 33. Went back to college, sitting with guys with degrees, masters and everything else. What has happened? You can either decide to do one or the other. You can either decide, I'm over and finished, or Lord, maybe you can use an empty vessel. And I came across a scripture where God was able to use a donkey called Balaam. In the Bible, it calls it Balaam's ass. A plain word, you've got to be careful on the platform using the term, right? But ba Balaam's donkey. And I said, if God can use a donkey, maybe he can use me. If God can use an empty vessel to deliver a message, maybe he can just about use me. Here's your qualification. Lord, send me. That's the only thing. The un that's the only thing that God needs is your yes. Is that hand. Is that yes. Yes, Lord, send me. I'm not ready. I'm not able. I'm not qualified. I don't deserve it. You qualify. <laughs> Immediately, you qualify. So this total church, everybody, regardless of age, you qualify. Now here's the great thing about well, I, one of the great examples of, of St. Patrick. St. Patrick got the call of God. The call of the Irish to call them back to the gospel. But he didn't just hop on a plane and come back. No Ryanair back then. And he didn't hop on a boat and come back. But it says that he went to Gaul and France and for 15 years he prepared himself. He prepared himself to come to Ireland. Because see, he knew there was a battle. He knew the enemy. He knew the obstacles. And he, he broke through. So young people, older people, are you prepared? We, we go to Zambia on, on, and we bring mission teams there. Elizabeth runs mission teams, bringing them. And, and sometimes young people say, I want to come to Zambia as a doctor. And you say, right, are you studying? Oh, no. Are you getting prepared? Oh, no, but God, get prepared. 1,500 years ago, Patrick spent 15 years in preparation. Get prepared. Are you reading your Bible? Are you part of a connect group? Are you setting up and, and doing your education well? Have you got a saving fund? Now, these are painful, aren't, I mean, who wants to talk about those things? But these are part of getting on the mission that God has in place for you to do. How long do you think it took this worship team? Did someone just hop out of the congregation and say, I'm going to worship? How long, how long do you think? Do you, do you notice they've, no, they've got no music sheets up here? Do you notice they have no words in front of them? So what does that mean? They have to learn them all by heart. They've got to learn the chords all by heart. And no matter how gifted you are, you don't wake up and know a song all by heart. You've got to study. You've got to prepare. The song, everything else. So I want to encourage you, get prepared. Go to your leaders. Go to your connect group leaders. Go to your pastors and say, I, this is what God has called me to do. I'm on mission. Help me get prepared. Help me get there. Help me get there. And some of the older folk among us, sometimes you know when your mortgage is paid? You know that blessed time? Maybe you can help some of those young people get through Bible college. Maybe you can get them through the mission field. Maybe you can help them do one day what you actually never did. So get prepared. And another thing that Patrick did, he came back to Ireland and he, he called this thing a shamrock. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a funny grass that grows in Ireland. 
and it's a clover, but it's a three-leaf clover. And Patrick picked this up because he understood that the pagans in the Celtic religion, that the uh, number three was very powerful, had great significance in the spiritual realm. And he took this leaf, that's a three-leaf clover, and he was able to explain something about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what do we learn from that? What has God put in your hand? The gospel of Jesus Christ. How, how, do you explain to your, how do you explain to your friends you go to church? Do they think, for instance, that in church that we come in where we wear funny hats, funny people, speaking a funny language? Or do you understand you come here and actually you have good fun? You don't have 14 pints of Heineken in you. You're not stoned out of your mind. And you can still have fun. You can still enjoy the presence of God and one another. They don't know that. No one ever told them that. Do they, do, do they know what it's like to have freedom? Do they know what it's like to be a girl or a fella who's among a crowd and someone wants to use you, abuse you, and you stand on and say, hey, get lost, buddy. I am a child of God. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. And that we have a competence within us that people are attracted to. That we're not these poor, poor Christians. No, actually, we stand tall because we are children of God, regardless of age and regardless of our background. See, your, your friends don't hear that. And yet when your friends see you and see you walk tall, you mean, they might think you're a right-wing, evangelical, nuthead, but they're very attracted to what you got. And they might give you a hard time. And we, and, and we use this term in Ireland, they might slag you, Right? They might laugh at you. They might older, but they're attracted to the confidence that you have within you because you know whose you are. So there were often times in our situation, in our circumstances, that we're preaching the gospel and we haven't even opened our mouth. Your people, the people in the Netherlands, are hungry for what you got. Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit the knowledge that I am a child of God. They want and they desire what you have. And then Patrick came along and there was a great story in Ireland that he, he kicked all the snakes out. We wonder why there's still some in our parliament, but that's a whole other story. But, but one of the other things he did was he, he went to this the hill of Tara. And on the hill of Tara, the king or the high king at that time was called King Lyra. And he would light a fire. In Bialtana fire was on the 1st of May, May Day. Really important date for them, for the Celts. And everyone else had to extinguish their fire. If anyone else lit a fire before him, they were killed, right? He would light this big, big bonfire. And people would come along and take sticks and light their fires after it. But Patrick went on a hill opposite the hill of Tara. And he lit a big fire before the king. And the king sent all of his magicians and sent his soldiers to extinguish the fire. And they came back to the king and they said, we cannot put out the fire. And King Lyra, if we do not extinguish that fire, the fire will never be extinguished in the nation of Ireland. Do you know what that word fire is? The fire is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is a fire within the gospel in the Netherlands and within Europe that will not be distinguished. 
And the newspapers and your TV and the magazines and Twitter can tweet that Christianity is dead. It is not dead. It is alive and well because Jesus is still Lord of Lords and King of Kings and He is on the throne. And no matter what you hear out there, you've got to know in here through the Word of God that He's got a plan and a purpose for you, your family, your community, and the nation of the Netherlands and the continent of Europe. And we are the hands and the feet and the expression that will bring the gospel of Christ. And as we get ready and we get prepared and we get into mission, we see the gospel and the kingdom of God expanded and extended. Can you hear that this morning? God has us on a mission, a mission of transformation. What do we say about this church? Thousand years ago, life-giving. It's a life giving church. It's not a life-sucking church. It's a life-giving church. And what we bring is life and liberty and freedom. That's what happens as we go along. So Patrick was the, the patron saint. He brought the message, but it wasn't about himself. The message is about one who didn't just change a nation, but changes the nations of the world whose name is Jesus. And this is what he says in John 1.12. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then 1 Peter 3, 8. 3.18. It says, For Christ died for sins once for all. This is really important for us. It's a once for all sacrifice. You don't need to pay the price anymore. It's a once for all sacrifice. Sometimes as Christians, and this, if you don't know Jesus, this is for you. But if you do know Jesus, this is for you. Sometimes as Christians, we come, we come to know Jesus, we're serving Jesus, and then something happens. We either mess up within our own heads and our behavior. Sometimes we open our mouth just to exchange our feet. You know that? And what happens? This is what happens as Christians. We sit down and say, oh, I can't serve God. I'm not good enough. I can't worship. I'm not good enough. I can't pray. I'm not good enough. I can't go to church. I'm not good enough. And what we do is we begin to almost pay our own price. And I remember this happened to me. I, I know the Lord maybe six months, nine months. I'm at home on my couch. I've opened my mouth to bad behavior. Again, I'm, I'm feeling really bad. And I said, oh, I can't pray, can't talk, can't worship. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm messed up. I should know better. And it's as if I heard the voice of God saying, are you finished yet? Are you finished yet? And this is what I heard in my heart. Are you finished paying the price yet? I said, Lord, that's not how Are you finished yet? See, Jesus died once for all. And there's a great scripture in the Bible, 1 John 1 9. It says this that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. And will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And I have made it my life's aim 27 years later that I will not sit in self-pity any longer. That I'll not sit and try to pay the price myself. That I will repent as quickly as I can. The distance between my sin and my repentance, I'm trying to get it shorter, shorter, shorter. And I come back and say, Jesus, I'm so grateful and so thankful for you. I will continue to serve. I will continue to love. I will continue to attend church. I will continue to represent you. I am imperfect. You are perfect. So if you're here this morning and you under that, that shadow, that weight of condemnation, Jesus wants to set you free. He really wants to set you free. You're here this morning, Eve. You've never invited Jesus into your heart. Actually, this is not going to make a lot of sense to you. You, you, you might acknowledge something in your head, but you'll never really know that sense of freedom in your heart. So I was 33 years old. I'd never heard the gospel. Even though I went to church and heard something of it being read, but I never, I never got it. I never heard it. I never knew that God wanted me to invite him into my life. I didn't know that. I just didn't know. I, I, I had all of this loyalty to other things, but I wasn't loyal to him. And God wants to know, do you want to change and exchange loyalties this morning? From what you are loyal to right now, to be loyal to Jesus. And if you're here this morning, if you want to bow your head, what we're going to do is we're going to bow and going to pray for you. We're going to have baptisms and then we're going to come back after the baptisms, okay? So if you want to bow your head with me right now, if you want to say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. I want you to be the, the solution for my sin, for my life. I want to stop being loyal to other things and I want to give my loyalty to you. If that's you, what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to say a prayer for you. That you could enter into this relationship with Jesus. So when you're ready, if you want to pray with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you were raised on the third day. Lord, I'm declaring now that you're Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Take my guilt. Take my shame. Fill me with your purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord an applause.